Welcome to season two of the Love Good Podcast, where you learn how to love what is good so you can become what you love and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons, a community of intentional consumers who curate music and books based on the transcendentals of beauty, truth, and goodness. Join us each week as we sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about media, culture, and what it means to be human. We're so happy you're here. Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. I'm so pumped to be sitting down for the first time in 2019 with my trusted co-host, Alana Boudreaux. We have a really cool conversation today about New Year's resolutions and not only, you know, kind of stretching the, the, the gamut of, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, and intellectual goals that we might be setting here at the beginning of a new year, but maybe more importantly, kind of learning how to be gentle with ourselves and with others, because let's be real, failure is somewhat inevitable. So what does that really look like? And that's a fun conversation to have here in this second week of January. As many of you know, we're just coming off of a beautiful five-day conference with 18,000 college students in Indianapolis. We were at the SEEK conference last week, all of our apprentices especially, and hope you really enjoyed last week's episode featuring them. I'm pretty pumped to announce at the end of this show that actually Actually, we will soon have a podcast releasing that was recorded live at Seek. And not only will that announcement come at the end of this episode, but also very, very exciting news about a brand new winter mixtape, free music. That's right. Free music for you and you only that you actually can't get anywhere else. It's a collection that you can't even find on Spotify or Apple Music. So we're pumped to announce that. Stick around and again, enjoy the show as always with Alana Boudreaux. The tide is coming. Welcome back to the Love Good Podcast, everybody, and welcome to 2019, sitting down with Alana Boudreaux. Hi, everybody. Happy 2019. It's really hard to believe, anyways, because I actually love mile markers, and I love consistent moments in my life. Like, I run a road race every year with my dad on July 4th, and that's like, a oh, man, I can almost, you know— every year reflect back on what's happened since Mm -hmm. and every year I go down to Nashville and I do the whole New Year's Eve bash and there's usually like 150,000 people and Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman and it's just fun right Mm -hmm. but more than anything it becomes this oh okay this is this annual thing I do every year helps me take stock kind of freaks me out but mostly excites me about the new year how do you feel I I feel yeah I feel mainly hopeful and I guess like anticipatory and re- yeah. receptive. I yeah, I, my my mentality towards the new year has shifted a lot through my life. Mm-hmm. I think when I was younger, it was a lot more. I think I put a lot of stock in it in the wrong way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I had 
just wild expectations for the year ahead because I, I don't mm. think I knew myself well enough to know what's a healthy <laughs> boundary for myself and my own expectations. Like dreaming just too big, basically. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And just not knowing how to remain in that stance of just being in the present, you know? How Which does sounds this, really cheesy. How does but... this work as a melancholic? Like, what <laughs> what do the dreams actually feel like deep, deep inside of you? Because for me, it's like, it's always the impossible. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of like deal with the fact that I'm always going to have like, whether it's, you know, health related or sort of like trying to grow intellectually or grow even like in some relationships in my life or growing professionally. Like I just have to deal with the fact that I'm never going to actually reach my goals and I've mm. made peace terms with that. That's So my dreams wow. are impossible. But like for you, <laughs> like I'm the optimist over here, right? What does it look like to dream when something deep in you is always sort of like, I don't know, would you call yourself a realist? Would you call yourself mm. a, a just a... Um, you know, what is it? That's a good That's a good question. I think I'm like a romantic realist. There you go. So it's a constant tension. I like that. A romantic <laughs> yeah, right. realist. But one thing that's different this year is, I mean, I think partly like being a parent, it's like the goal is keep your child alive and healthy and happy. Yeah. So it's sort of like your sphere of possibility in some ways contracts <laughs> significantly. And you're succeeding so far. He's alive and he's well. He's alive and flourishing and just the most beautiful boy. Um, but I don't know. It's it's strange. It's hard for me to even describe. Like I think I am I am realistic about things. And as I learn more about myself and, and the way the world works, it's not a – it's not a pessimism, though. It's and, and we've talked about cynicism on here before, and that is something I've struggled with. But I think, honestly, as I grow in life, I just get more and more convinced that all will be well. I love that. And I don't sense cynicism in you. Like, oh, good. I, I sense exactly what you just said, which is all yeah. shall be well, even if at the moment— you know, mm-hmm. poopy sitting the fan, which in your life that might actually be happening some days. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, no one's told me I'm a cynic. I, that's just me. That's like, that's yeah. the little inner critic voice. I'm very critical about of myself more than anything. That's yeah. the hard. And sometimes I have to reassess that just to be like, gee whiz, I would not talk to my best friend the way I talk to myself a lot of the time. Yeah. I don't know if you've well, ever experienced I that. I think that's what we both love about Jordan Peterson. He mm-hmm. gets into the real practicals of, do you even treat yourself as good as you treat the right. people that you love? Right. Or for that matter, the stranger that you just met on the plane? Well, you know, this is something for me that maybe some people will resonate with. But growing up, I had this concept of self-love that it was always vanity and self-aggrandizement and like basically like a sin. So I I just didn't understand that you can be gentle and tender to yourself Mm. and and (laughs) see yourself as being reflective of the glory of God, if you will, like, you know, and it's not like a matter of being obsessed. It's not narcissism every time, you know, but, but in my mind's eye at the time when I was younger, I just didn't understand that. It's not as black and white as that. And that in order, like, I mean, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What does that Mm. really mean? Like Mm. when you get down to the brass tacks of it, I think sometimes it really is a matter for me. Practically speaking, it's watching my own inner dialogue. You know, like as soon as I do something dumb or mispronounce a word, I'm like, you fool. (laughs) How could you do it again? And it's just like, good heavens, I'm human. You know, and and people love me because I'm human. It's not, it's, you know. So hopefully that makes some sense. It's just... It's a paradigm shift, though, for a lot of us. And I think it's easy Mm -hmm. to slip into either extreme. You know, we were just chatting about this a moment ago. It kind of feels like one of the great things about beauty, we're always talking about beauty around here, is it 
keeps us like in a very healthy middle ground. Mm. We talk about riding the line. Well, that's actually what virtue is. It always finds itself in the middle of things. And I could very easily slip into like this sort of self-care gone wrong Mm. mentality, which is to say it's, you know, all about me. Mm. And I think some people are more inclined in that direction. I'm one of them, by the way. So uh, what does that look like? What do you mean self-care oh, gone wrong? Like, it would mean Like that, Netflix binges? Or? Yeah, well, okay. Um, for me, it is liking to be in control of even how I spend a Saturday, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I usually get out front with plans because I don't really want to have to like do what other people want to do most times. I'm just going to commit some to do what I want to do because mm-hmm. it's usually Actually, it's always better, right? <laughs> and that that's all the way down to like, you know, going to a, a, a Nashville Sounds minor league baseball game yep. because the weather's right mm-hmm. and the sun's going to set right as, you know, mm-hmm. we're singing the whatever. Are you a spontaneous person, game. by the way? Kind well, of related? Yeah. Like this is related and it's an interesting tension. I have to create enough structure in my life these days to allow for spontaneity. And I love having a plan knowing that it can and, and most often should change mm-hmm. in order to have my best life or my best day or my best experience, Yes, you know? Yep. So this is all like interesting that for me, I, I'd say there's like a little bit of an undergirding of pride, vanity, selfishness, thinking that my preferences are better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think other end of the spectrum, which is a lot of people and maybe more than ever where we find ourselves culturally, is there's more of the deep rooted insecurity or self-loathing or just a real lack of affirmation. I mean, what a sad reality it is that I can step into the lives of a lot of young people and simply affirm them intentionally and genuinely. Mm -hmm. And that is almost a groundbreaking experience for them Mm -hmm. because they do not have adults in their lives that affirm. Yeah. What the heck kind of world is that? Right. And I think the other complicating thing for, I guess, like people who are teenagers and younger now is that everybody's expected to have like a personal brand. Right. Like, yeah. like oh, really and truly. Yeah. And and to curate that brand, maintain that brand, compete against the other so-called personal brands that are literally just these projections on the internet and Instagram that aren't rooted in encounter. Like it's not, do you know what I mean? And, and we were talking about this earlier, just like the generational differences with the way people interact with technology. And you're kind of on the the spectrum where you use social media very pragmatically. It's it's a means to an end. And I'm kind of, you know, in, in this space where I use it pragmatically, but I also use it because it's social for me. And there is a connectivity to it. And, and that's both good and also bad for me, <laughs> also unhealthy for me, you know, because I I misuse it sometimes. Right. And then I feel like the folks who are younger than I am, I don't know what generation that would be. What, are, what, you know, what do we call them? Z or something? Something like that. Yeah. It, it's more completely, <laughs> completely intertwined with their self-concept, which That's is amazing. kind of frightening because technology is so fluid and there mm. are so many options mm. that if it's if that's kind of one of the fundamental building blocks of your, your self-concept, that would be potentially, I think, a little confusing. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're saying about being affirmed for being who you are as a person, I feel like that's that's kind of rare. I don't want to yeah. sound like a grumpy old woman here looking mm, at mm. the younger generation, you know, because I feel like we can learn a lot from people who are younger than us. But just putting myself in my in, in those shoes, I think 
I don't know. I feel like I would have had an existential crisis by now <laughs> if I had had an iPod or an iPhone put in my hand when I was like eight years old. And we do have a lot of young listeners. And I just want to take a moment to say how much joy that brings me. Because mm-hmm. obviously, Alana, as you know, like I, I, I travel quite a bit. And most of that time on the road is spent with young people. Like mm-hmm. middle school, yes. College students, yes. But almost invariably high school age young people yep. who are in my book like the hope for the future. But I'd say they're also like the, the most powerful demographic here now today mm-hmm. on planet Earth. Because one, they're in this like incredibly moldable formative season of life, you know. Also, when they choose to live with like virtue, freedom, integrity, faith, like Mm -hmm. they actually stand out in a way that no other demographic does because nobody ever sees it coming. I got in this really, really cool long conversation with um, one of our listeners. I'm just going to give a shout out to Will Stacy. We were chatting just a few days ago about the power of intentionality. And that's like a conversation we've had before. You Mm -hmm. can go overboard with Mm -hmm. that and become a bit like suffocating, even trying to meet your own expectations of what it means to be intentional. Yeah. In the media you curate, yes, but in the conversations that you have and the relationships that you pursue, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was saying one of the things that struck him, especially about our apprentices, is how intentional they are, how they not only remember his name, obviously, when they bump into him, but details about his life, how mm-hmm. they make such natural but like clearly intentional eye contact you know and yeah the reason that that strikes me is because that's it's not normal it's not normal enough for him to not notice it when it's there and i suppose this kind of plays into the the conversation here about you know what does it really look like to form new year's resolutions for example that you know help all of us to take a step forward in that freedom a step forward in that integrity a step forward in that being mm-hmm. the absolute best version of ourselves mm-hmm. in every aspect but not to like go overboard you know and to yeah. not start yeah. putting our identity you know in our achievement any more than we put it in our instagram brand right. or our failures along the way right i think that's a really that's a good Beautifully done segue. uh, uh, Well, recapitulation actually would be a better word. But I think to that point with resolutions and projected images, I think for myself, anytime I've had a resolution that was based on human affirmation, it was was like a house of cards. Mm. You know what I mean? It, It has to be built on something more, more profound, more lasting than that. Good call. Um, which this is the last thing I'm going to say about Instagram and social media, but I think it's when we're talking about a, a relationship and the relationability of social media, one thing that I find telling is when there's a new relationship and it's immediately broadcast over social media. Yeah. It's almost like it doesn't have the roots yet to do that. It has to be more interior for a little bit. And I understand the excitement of wanting to share something good in your life. You know what I mean? And to, to share, like, I have so many hopes for this thing. But if it's if it's any if it's performance based at all, yeah. It there's a danger, I think, of it being superficial, if that makes sense. Or so it's, even like the word you often use kitsch, right? Where you're, yeah. you're posting more for the effect. More or for more the effect. For, right. Let me build myself up in other people's mind's eye. Right. Right. Dangerous. And that's something I have to check myself with. Whenever I make a post, I'm like, is this accurate? Like, yep. is this accurate of who I know myself to be or am I pretending? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the same <laughs> with like resolutions. Like, is yeah. this accurate or am I pretending to be someone else? 
who would be able to do this or yeah. sustain this relationship or, you know what I mean? Like, am I actually there? Yeah. Or, or, do, or do I just want the dopamine rush? <laughs> it's funny because I have to say sometimes I maybe get some criticism for being just positive, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but specifically on Instagram. You know, you look at my, my feed, it's pretty bright. Yes. You know, the yeah. colors, the the comments, the, you know, like I, I do delete things sometimes that are just like unhelpful and mm-hmm. unnecessarily critical and things like that. But the reality is, I think you've used the word buoyant to describe me in the past. Mm-hmm. That is fairly indicative of where I'm at at any given moment. You yeah, know, yeah. it doesn't mean that I'm unaware of suffering. It doesn't mean that there's not pain, sorrow, failure, disappointment, all these things. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, I suppose it's like when I get up in front of a crowd and give a talk, Yeah, I am maybe not nine days out of 10, but like at least three days out of four saying things that I am still coming to believe myself. Right. You yeah. Know, about yeah. love, mm-hmm. about mercy, about joy, about where real freedom and meaning and purpose is to be found in this yeah. very brief life that we've all been given. Yeah. And I think that's maybe how my Instagram feed gets at some points is I'm saying these things. Yes, I believe them, but I almost even more so want to believe them. You yeah. know, it's a head and heart totally. thing. You know? yeah. And I think that's where like, okay, how do I form a New Year's resolution right now mm-hmm. that can keep my head and heart kind of integrated, that can sort of move me forward in a way that's really like truly like healthfully optimistic. Yeah. But as you put it, like also realistic and and not going to suddenly feel like an epic hitting my head on a wall four mm-hmm. months from now because mm-hmm. I just suck at life. Yes. Yeah. Well, what are your... I was going to ask, what are yours? Oh, no. <laughs> you go first. Oh, well, let me just throw out the ideas that I've been thinking about. Okay. I've been reading a lot about intermittent fasting. You know, like, okay, yeah. uh, I'm Catholic, so like fasting is not a foreign concept to me, but I've never really looked at some of the physical like health benefits that go along with it yeah you know you're doing or you have been doing what's that diet keto well some people say keto i say keto keto and that's part of keto as well intermittent fasting it's so interesting to me and i think there's obviously like ancient wisdom in it yes um but i find that for me fasting twice a week which is actually just not eating breakfast and lunch Mm -hmm. or snacking you know just doing that's what i dinner on wednesdays and fridays for example Mm -hmm. it not only like i have a lot of energy but I've also got this clarity of thought, which yes. I think is a phrase that you've been using a lot lately, mm-hmm. that you have a clearness, you know, yeah. that you haven't had, or maybe there's been a fog that's lifted or right, something. Right. So fasting for me sounds like a funny New Year's resolution, but it is so good yeah. for me creatively, yeah. for me emotionally, and obviously for me spiritually as well. So that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I can keep going, but what are some of yours? What are your thoughts even? Well, you know, it's pretty simple, but the one that keeps coming back to me is the thought, how important is it? Mm. So for me, one of the biggest life lessons, one of the most important tools that I've picked up is that moment of taking a mental pause before Mm. I do something or react to something or commit to something and just asking how important is it? Like in in the grand scheme of things, where does this fit? And for some reason that makes all the difference in the world to how my day turns out. So it's a moment of, of just stillness. That, just the moment, yeah. Particularly before a decision or particularly before you might otherwise react in a way yeah. you regret, that kind of thing? Exactly. Cool. Yep. And mm. that, that kind of goes back to the concept of being gentle with myself mm. interiorly too because it, I don't know, it, it just gives me the space because usually 
when I don't think through something. It's it's a negative thing. It's it's when I'm going to react negatively to something. So that is my main resolution is just to properly, I, I guess it's perspective. And for me, in order to maintain perspective, I actually have, like, I have to ask that explicit question to myself, I like, love that. in my mind. So it's not, it's not a huge thing, but I think that's where I need to be. Has that been a newish thing for you anyways? In the, in the last year. So in some ways, like, there will come a point where it just becomes second nature, yeah. right? Like any it's, good habit. Yep. It's already starting to get to I that. I love that. Yeah. I so. really love that. And there's so much freedom in those good habits. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Like, I can't even describe the joy of... I guess what we'd call self-mastery, you know, like, yeah. and again, this isn't like a hundred percent compliance all the time, never fail perfectionism because right. I definitely slip into that. Yeah. But it's, yeah, there's still a gentleness with yourself. There's a, a mercy that you even yep. give to yourself mm-hmm. when you fail, obviously. You're constantly moving forward. That to me yeah. is what like a new year is about. I don't know that I can get, you know, where I really want to be mm-hmm. by 2020. But I want to know that, you know, on New Year's Eve 2019, I'm looking back and there's a sense of forward movement. You're right. Don't have to be much. Even like baby steps in mm-hmm. each little area of my life would be enough. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah, great. Totally. And that for me is a cause for hope, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. 100%. It helps a ton. So maybe it's a matter of taking these baby steps, getting kind of practical. I know even like right now, I really want to write a new album. Like oh, of instrumental yeah. tunes, another one of these film scores for a movie that doesn't exist. Right. I'm also really, I'm really eager to write a book. Mm. And nobody get your hopes up because I've been eager to write a book for years. I've got a thousand titles and at least three proposals. Mm-hmm. But I really, really want to write a book. And I'd call it something like, you know, Let yes. Beauty Speak. Yeah. And, and really like dig into the things we talk about in a very organized, systematic way. Like what does it really look like yep. to bring beauty to the forefront of your life? Of your media, but really as a culture and, mm-hmm. and how can that heal? How can that bring people together in a way that is really important and kind of restorative in a, in a day and age where actually like the natural inclination is, well, let's just have a revolution. Right. That'll fix all of our problems. Well, we all know that there's no such thing as a bloodless revolution, mm-hmm. you know, but you could bring about cultural renewal. You can bring about like a little bit more beauty and and a little bit more intentionality and encounter in your life that will actually have this tremendous ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like continuing to, yeah, dream big, big push forward, yep. but like take these little steps yep. that I know make a difference even in the smallest of ways. That's hundred percent. Yeah. That makes sense to me too. Cause I also have a lot of those, a lot of creative endeavors that I want to dive into and achieve and a lot of intellectual pursuits. Like I, I'm always wanting to learn more. I want to deepen as a mother, all these things. But again, I think what I've failed to do in the past is just remember how the granular moment by moment decision is the most important one. You know Love what it. I mean? A prioritization, I guess. Of, That's right. Yeah, emotion and and but also having the gentleness to, to recognize that emotions come and go. Like it'll this too shall pass. You mm. know what I mean? Like mm. that's just there's a lot of freedom in that. And going back to the perfectionism thing you mentioned, how do you find that that like do you ever find that that you project that onto other people, like Mm, your own rigid self, like, Mm. you know, examination and your ideals that you have for Mm. yourself. Do you ever find that it sort of backfires and, and, or misfires at other people or? Absolutely. And I would say, um, like you, I'm I'm learning how to pause. Mm -hmm, (laughs) As mm -hmm. soon as the thought occurs to me, I'm like, hmm, that's, that's not a helpful thought. Yeah. (laughs) We had one of my favorite Spaniards, God arrest his soul, Jose Maria Escriva. Uh He said, um, get rid of those useless thoughts that are at best a waste of your time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those judgmental 
beginnings of resentment mm. kind of thoughts towards others, yep. I'm learning how to just toss to the side and basically don't don't trust my instinct in those moments until right. eventually they just sort of, yeah. you know, again, they pass through a lot faster the more I habitually sort of mm-hmm. discard them. And mm-hmm. I just don't actually like the, what it does to a relationship after the fact. I don't like what it does to my interior peace after the fact. Yeah. Yep. And I find that like actually just because there is something worth bringing up or in a very objective, healthy way criticizing yeah. in a moment doesn't always mean that that moment is right. And it doesn't always mean that you're the right person either. Right. You know, so it's sort of like, right. I don't have to fix all the world's problems. I mm-hmm. certainly don't have to fix the yeah. people's problems around me. Right. You and can actually, only, yeah, you can only, you're it. really only responsible of Boom. taking care of yourself that's and right. your own soul. It's, I actually heard something, a quote, if you spot it, you got it. I love it. And I, it made sense to me. It's if you see something that really annoys you in another person. It's because you do it yourself. It's potent. Yeah, it. It probably is you see yourself in a part of yourself that you are not working through or a part of yourself that you really dislike. You know, like, I mean, I'll be saying sometimes and someone will be, gosh, they're talking a lot about themselves. And really inside I'm like, I want to be the one talking. I want the one with the attention. You know what I mean? Like if I am completely honest and I scrutinize, that's another important thing I wanted to bring up here too is when it comes to self-improvement and being like brutally honest about our flaws, I think for me, something that's completely changed my life has been approaching those things with an attitude of curiosity Mm. instead of control, Mm. where if I look at it and think, why do I react this way to this situation? Like, what is it fundamentally that I believe that makes me feel insecure in this way? Mm. And and when I approach it like that, it, it, I think that is, in, in a way, it's being a loving parent to yourself, because if your child is acting out, you can't just say to them, like, be quiet, stop it. Like, right. it's more, okay, what is going on here? That's right. I mean, you, there needs to be discipline, absolutely. But discipline with love, I think, has an element of curiosity in it. Like, mm. trying to just understand. Like, mm. I just want to understand what's going on, what's motivating my reaction to this person or whatever. And and that, for me, has just been enormously helpful. Because if, so if, you, if you try to like control your flaws, they're just going to multiply, to be honest. Like so you, you just have to be gentle and approach them with curiosity and let yourself pause be formed. Pause and, and wonder first. Yeah, you know? pause and wonder. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, Alana, this is a great moment to go ahead and throw out a, a hashtag because I think I'd love to hear what other people are doing for, for their New Year's resolutions. Why don't we just go ahead and hashtag love good resolution. Alana, you'll maybe include that in the episode yeah. show notes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'd love to know how you guys are taking those baby steps forward towards, yeah, a fuller and more beautiful life and learning how to be gentle with others along the way. Yeah. So uh, hashtag love good resolution. Alana, as always, what a profound joy. Um, you too, Jamie. Can't wait to be back with you in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X gave me pride and confidence. Dr. King and his words gave me hope again. Turning heads with all my dreams. If life is a symphony, do I have
right, everybody. So it's time for the uh, very exciting announcements. First of all, definitely check out the hashtag LoveGoodResolution and let us know what you were doing this year uh, to really enter into the art of being human uh, more fully than ever before. And obviously, don't forget to be gentle with yourself and with others. But actually, now's the time to let you know that one, we have an incredible live episode that was recorded at the SEEK conference uh, coming out next week. So tune in next week. I sat down with Jessamine Anderson. You will feel the energy of that incredible arena there in Indianapolis as we were gathered with 18,000 college students from all over the world, many of whom are patrons, future apprentices, and certainly huge fans of what we're doing here at Love Good. So it's just an incredible joy to know that we'll be able to release that next week. And then also, this is the, the most exciting announcement, actually, of this episode. We have a brand new winter mixtape. Okay, there's music here that you can't get anywhere else. And I guarantee you, this is a collection that you can't even find on Spotify or Apple Music. So get your hands on it while you can. Go to lovegoodculture.com slash free for this exclusive winter mixtape. It's featuring many of our own beloved artists like Drew Holcomb, as well as many that you've probably never heard of before. And what an amazing opportunity to rally around up and coming artists and to let them know that we want more beauty in the world. We love you guys. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week. And again, we'll be back next week with that live episode of the Love Good Podcast from the SEEK Conference. Uh, We'll see you guys then. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Season 2 of the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. You can join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at lovegoodculture.com. Start enjoying our seasonal packages that will raise your standard for media and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.